0: Hello, and welcome to The Essential Reads. My name is Isaac, and my goal is to bring to you a bunch of classic audiobooks in an easy and accessible way. I need to look in the camera, not at the thing. <laughs> we're not going to cut this out. Uh, we're continuing with Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. And um, like usual with this book, trigger warning, the past was the worst, and people used words that were should have never been accepted, but they were, and they were commonly used back then, and... I'm going to be ducking all of the audio for those bits so that I can get paid here on YouTube. Um, but if you do find those sorts of language or um, verbiages or, or, or nouns or whatever you want to refer to them as um, or whatever they're used in, difficult, listen to another book um, like Frankenstein or Dracula, where they're just fun, adventure, fantasy, sci-fi books. And they're really cool. Um, great books. But So far, we're on Huckleberry Finn, and it's a super good book, but um, this intro's gone on long enough, and we're going to dive in, so let's get started. Huckleberry Finn by Mark Twain. Chapter 15. We judged that three nights more would fetch us to Cairo, at the bottom of Illinois, where the Ohio River comes in, and that was what we was after. We would sail the raft, get on a steamboat, and go way up the Ohio, amongst the free states and then be out of trouble. Well, the second night, a fog began to come on, and we made for a towhead to tie onto, for it wouldn't do to run in fog. But when I paddled ahead in the canoe with the line to make fast, there weren't anything but little saplings to tie to. I passed the line around one of them, right on the edge of the cut bank, but there was a stiff current, and the raft come booming down so lively she tore out by the roots, and away she went. I see the fog closing down, And made me so sick and scared I couldn't budge for most half a minute, it seemed to me. And then there weren't no raft in sight. You couldn't see twenty yards. I jumped into the canoe and run back to the stern and grabbed the paddle and set her back a stroke. But she didn't come. I was in such a hurry I hadn't untied her. I got up and tried to untie her, but I was so excited my hands shook and I couldn't hardly do anything with them. As soon as I got started... I took out after the raft, hot and heavy, right down the towhead. That was all right for as far as it went, but the towhead weren't 60 yards long. And the minute I flew by the foot of it, I shot out into the solid white fog and hadn't no more idea which way I was going than a dead man. Thinks I, it won't do to paddle. First I know, I run to the bank or towhead or something. I gotta set still and float. And yet, It's mighty fidgety business to have to hold your hand still at such a time. I whooped and listened. Away down there, somewheres, I heard a small whoop, and up comes my spirits. I went tearing after it, listening sharp to hear again. The next time it come, I see I weren't heading for it, but heading away to the right of it. And the next time, I was heading away to the left of it, and not gaining on it much either, for I was flying around this way and that and t'other but it was going straight ahead all the time. I did wish the fool would beat a tin pan and beat it all the time, but he never did. And it was the still places between the whoops that was making trouble for me. Well, I fought along, and directly I hear the whoop behind me. I was tangled good now. That was somebody else's whoop, or else I was turned around. I throwed the paddle down. I heard the whoop again. It was behind me yet but in a different place. It kept coming, and kept changing its place, and I kept answering, till, by and by, it was in front of me again, and I knowed the current had swung the canoe's head downstream, and I was all right, if that was Jim and not some other Rassman hollering. I couldn't tell nothing about voices in a fog, for nothing don't look natural nor sound natural in a fog. The whooping went on, and in about a minute, I come a-boomin' down on a cut bank with smoky ghosts, big trees on it. And the current throwed me off to the left and shot by amongst a lot of snags that fairly roared. The current was tearing by him so swiftly. In another second or two, it was solid white and still again. I sat perfectly still then, listening to my heart thump. And I reckon I didn't draw a breath while it thumped a hundred. I just give up then. I knowed what the matter was. That cut bank was an island, and Jim had gone down t'other to side of it. It were not no towhead that you could float by in ten minutes. It had the big timber of a regular island. It might be five or six miles long and more than half a mile wide. I kept quiet, with my ears cocked about fifteen minutes, I reckon. I was floating along, of course, four or five miles an hour, but you don't ever think of that. Nope, you feel like you're laying dead still on the water. And if a little glimpse of a snag slips by, you don't think to yourself how fast you're going, but you catch your breath and think, my, how that snag's tearing along. If you think it ain't dismal and lonesome out in a fog that way, by yourself, in the night, you try it once. You'll see. Next, for about half an hour, I whoops now and then. At last, I hears the answer a long ways off, and tries to follow it. But I couldn't do it, and directly I judged I'd got into a nest of towheads, for I had little dim glimpses of them on both sides of me, sometimes just a narrow channel between, and some that I couldn't see. I knowed was there because I'd hear the wash of the current against the old dead bush and thrash that hung over the banks. Well, I weren't long in losing the whoops down amongst the towheads, and I only tried to chase them a little while anyway, because it was worse than chasing a jack-o'-lantern you never know the sound to dodge around so and swap places so quick and so much. I had to claw away from the bank pretty lively four or five times to keep from knocking the islands out of the river. And so I judged the raft must be button into the bank every now and then, or else it would be further ahead and clear out of hearing. It was floating a little faster than what I was. Well, I seemed to be in the open river again, by and by, but I couldn't hear no sign of whoops nowheres. I reckon Jim had fetched up on a snag, maybe and it was all up with him. I was good and tired, so I laid down the canoe and said I wouldn't bother no more. I didn't want to go to sleep, of course, but I was so sleepy I couldn't help it, so I thought I would just take one little catnap. But I reckon it was more than a catnap, for when I waked, the stars was shining bright and the fog was all gone, and I was spinning down on a big bend, stern first. First, I didn't know where I was. I thought I was dreaming. And when things begun to come back to me, they seemed to come up dim out of last week. It was a monstrous big river here, with the tallest and thickest kind of timber on both banks, just a solid wall as well as I could see by the stars. I looked away downstream, and I seen a black speck on the water. I took out after it, but when I got there, it weren't nothing but a couple of saw logs made fast together. Then I see another speck, and chase that. Then another. And this time, I was right. It was the raft. When I got to it, Jim was sitting there with his head down between his knees asleep, with his right arm hanging over the steering oar. The other oar was smashed off, and the raft was littered with leaves and branches and dirt. So she'd had a rough time. I made fast and laid down under Jim's nose on the raft and begun to gap and stretch my fist out against Jim and says, Hello, Jim, have I been asleep? Why do not you stir me up? Good gracious. Is that you, Huck? And you ain't dead? You ain't drowned? He's back again? It's too good to be true, honey. It's too good for true. Let me look you, child. Let me feel you. No, you ain't dead. You've back again, live and sound. The same old Huck, thanks to goodness. What's the matter with you, Jim? You been a-drinking? Drinking? Has I been drinking? Has I had a chance to be a-drinking? Well then, what makes you talk so wild? How does I talk wild? How? Why, ain't you been talking about my comin' back and all that stuff as if I'd been gone away? Huck? Huck Finn, you look me dead in the eye. Look me dead in the eye. Ain't you been gone away? Gone away? Why, what in the nation do you mean? I ain't been gone anywheres. Where'd I go to? Well, looky here, boss. There's something wrong. There's. Is I... Me? Or who is I? Is I here? What? What is I? Now that's what I want to know. Well, I think you're here plain enough, but I think you're a tangle-headed old fool, Jim. I is, is I? Well, you answer me this. Didn't you tow out the to line in the canoe for to make fast a towhead? No, I didn't. What towhead? I ain't seen no towhead. You ain't seen no towhead? Looky here. Didn't the line pull loose and the raft go a-humming down the river and leave you and the canoe behind, fog? What fog? Why the fog? The fog that's been around all night. And didn't you whoop? And didn't I whoop till we got mixed up in the islands and one of us got lost and the other one was just as good as lost in case he didn't know where he was? And didn't I bust up again a lot of them islands and have a terrible time and most get drowned? Now ain't that so, boss? I ain't that so? You answer me that. Well, this is too many for me, Jim. I ain't seen no fog, nor islands, nor no troubles, nor nothing. I've been sitting here talking with you all night till you went to sleep back ten minutes ago. I reckon i done the same. You couldn't got drunk in that time, so of course you've been dreaming. Dad fetch it. How is I gwine dream all that in ten minutes? Well, hang it all, you did dream it. Because there didn't any of it happen. But, it's all just as plain to me as it don't make no difference how plain it is. There ain't nothing in it. I know, because I've been here all the time. Jim didn't say nothing for about five minutes, but sat there, studying it over. Then he says, Well then, I reckon I did dream it, Huck. But dog my cats if it ain't the powerfulest dream I ever see. And I ain't never had no dream before that's tired me like this one. Oh, well, that's all right, because a dream does tire a body like everything, sometimes. But this one was a staving dream. Tell me all about it, Jim. So Jim went to work and told me the whole thing right through, just as it happened. Only he painted it up considerable. And then he said he must start in and turpit it, because it was for a warning. He said the first head stood for a man that would try and do us some good, but the current was another man that would get us away from him. The whoops was warnings that would come to us every now and then, and if we didn't try hard to make ourselves understand them, they'd just take us into bad luck instead of keeping us out of it. The lot of towheads was troubles that we was going to get into with quarrelsome people of all kinds of mean folk. But if we minded our business and didn't talk back and aggravate them, we would pull through and get out of the fog and into the big, clear river, which was the Free States, and we wouldn't have no more trouble. It had clouded up pretty dark just after I got onto the raft, but it was clearing up again now. Oh, well, that's all interpreted well enough as far as it goes, Jim, I says. What does these things stand for? It was the leaves and rubbish on the raft, and the smashed ore. You could see him first right now. Jim looked at the trash, then looked at me, and back at the trash again. He'd got the dream fixed so strong in his head that he couldn't seem to shake it loose and get the facts back into its place again, right away. But when he did get the thing straightened around, he looked at me, steady, without ever smiling, and says, What do they stand for? I go and tell you when I got all wore out with the work and with the calling for you and went to sleep, my heart was most broke because you was lost, and I didn't care no more what become of me in the wrath, and when I wake up and find you back again, all safe and sound, the tears come, and I could have got down on my knees and kiss your foot, I was so thankful. And all you was thinking about was how you could make a fool of old Jim with a lie. That truck there is trash. And trash is what people that puts dirt on the head of their friends and makes them ashamed. Then he got up slow and walked to the wigwam and went in there without saying anything but that. But that was enough. It made me feel so mean I could almost kissed his foot to get him to take me back. It was 15 minutes before I could work myself up to go humble myself to a nigger. But i done it. And I weren't ever sorry for it afterwards, neither. I didn't do him no more mean tricks. And I wouldn't have done that one if I know would make him feel that way. Thank you so very much for listening. If you enjoyed, please like, comment, share, all that jazz. And if you really enjoyed, do subscribe, because there's more to come. And, um... Join the channel, maybe, if you feel so inclined. And if you're listening on podcast, please leave a review, and you can also join me there and, like, support me and stuff, which would be real cool, because only cool people do that. I'm terrible at this stuff. <laughs> I can read words. I cannot make them up in my mind. Um, looks like Huck is um starting to become a human being by realising that, I don't know, that people are people regardless of the colour of their skin and that they should all be treated like people and that maybe you shouldn't be a little shitting kid and want to f people over like a little c** that you are. I can swear as much as I like because I'll just duck the audio because there's audio ducking in this anyway. I really hope you enjoyed that chapter Um, and I'm very interested to find out how Huck continues to grow as a person and I hope he stays that way because he's been a little shit up to this point and hopefully hopefully he's going to be put back on the right track once again thank you very much for listening and until next time bye bye